Cross Talk. Check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Brought to you by A Number One Air, the official HVAC and electric partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com. Make your crypto play today. What, Nick The National Medal of Honor <laughs> Museum. Join the, the big leagues at mohmuseum.org. Buffalo Wild Wings. And by SWBC Mortgage. Customized solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Visit SWBC.com. We are live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Welcome to Cowboys Crosstalk. I'm Bobby Belt from 105 Through the Fan. We've got Nick Eatman from DallasCowboys.com. Nick, Nick, Nikolai. That is three-time Super Bowl champion and six-time Pro Bowler Nate Newton. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And our Cowboys legend this evening is also a TCU Horned Frog legend, a DFW legend, uh, and is three-time Super Bowl champion and the MVP of Super Bowl 30, cornerback Larry Brown. Larry, Larry Larry Brown. It's Lou. Newton now. I can't call him Big Newton no more. It's Lil Newton. <laughs> no, yeah. look at him. We're He's almost a, the same size yeah, right now. Yeah. And, and, and we, well, we Kenny, got Kenny Gant got me. Kenny Gant got you. <laughs> <laughs> and we got we got to point out, of course, it is happy birthday to the six-time Pro Bowler. That's right. Nate Newton. Wow. Right happy here. birthday, baby. <laughs> wow. For real? <laughs> it's another birthday. Man, it's man. another birthday. Man, last time I remember one birthday I had, man, back over on Harry. No, but that was another story. <laughs> <laughs> that's, another sto- that's another story. That's uh, another story. Yeah, he says that. Like, what? What are you talking about? Earlier today, and he's walking around like it's my birthday. My it's birthday. My birthday. <laughs> he was walking yeah. around with a big sign that just said it's Nate's birthday. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he wanted everybody to know. Now, now, Nick, before we get going, we got to jump right off the bat because we did have Larry Brown. I know that you've got a uh, a pretty good story about Nate uh, Larry Brown. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't even know. Now I'm you, nervous, you know, Nick. You know, no, <laughs> yeah, Nick's got me nervous. No. I don't know what it is. No, the, the funny thing is, so back in, like, 1992 or so, so my dad was working at 100.3 Jams, which is another radio station mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is now. But we down in, like, it was Fort Worth, and we were playing in a basketball game. Uh, I guess it was like a, it's like a celebrity, not a celebrity game, it was like a fraternity maybe at TCU versus the people that worked there. I well, remember that. Here I am, and, uh, you know, I stand out. They'll just say that. <laughs> I stand out down here. And so I Nick keep, was balling. I, I couldn't get open. This guy was guarding me like I and he looked familiar. I, I couldn't get open. I'm like sixteen <laughs> years old. Finally I'm about to get open and I got a shot and, and this guy comes at me, doesn't go to block it. He touched the back of my calf. And I'm like, What? And I'm uh, bricked and whatever. <laughs> he got me out of my game. Come come find out it was Larry Brown who was the cornerback for the Cowboys <laughs> and future MVP at the time. I didn't feel so bad about not getting Nick, over Nick was shooting threes all on no. me. I'm going to clean that story up a little yeah. bit. We're going to tell a little bit different. <laughs> I, don't think I, made, I don't think it hit the rim. Honestly, I couldn't get open. I couldn't get open. I felt better about it. That it you, you know, we, we had a good time playing yeah. that game. I remember that game down yeah. there. We had a good time. Yeah. We'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into the uh, the specifics of the, this most recent game uh, against Buffalo this weekend. Uh, one that couldn't ended get open. Poor, yes, we couldn't, couldn't get open. Uh, it, it was not a great day for your Dallas Cowboys. But when a game like Buffalo comes up, Nate and, and Larry, when, you, when they pop up on the schedule, do you get a little reflective? Is it nice to, to pop back and think back to those back-to-back Super Bowl titles and, and just how you, special you know that what? time was? I would say for me, no, because it's been so long. You know, it's it's been a long time since we played – Buffalo has not had those type of teams. They have had good teams, but remember, they went to four straight Super Bowls. I mean, they were a legitimate dynasty back then, so we hadn't seen those type of teams in a while. I think they made it to a couple of AFC games and lost to Kansas City, but, yeah, so I I don't, you know, I don't don't think about it that way. I I do because I had Bruce Smith and uh, Cornelius Bennett and those type guys, and 
coming at me. And every now and then I dream about that, that almost <laughs> sack where Troy threw it and <laughs> Jay Novacek caught it in the end zone. But, but I'm with Larry on that, though. The reason uh, uh, I think about it is because I realized how talented and how great they were, man. Absolutely. And the players they had, Andre Reed, Jim Kelly, these guys Thurman were Thomas, stacked. Cornelius Bennett, yeah. Daryl Talley. I mean, the list goes on. James Lofton. Yeah, James yeah, Lofton. I mean, the yeah. thing that hurt them, like the thing that hurt the New York Knicks and the Celtics was Michael Jordan. The thing that hurt them was the NFC East. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. better took yeah. him out, man. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's funny. I remember. Um, so I, I was watching some some old, old archive stuff at the time of the first <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, I would have been four years old, oh, the, the first one. But I was watching some archive stuff recently of Michael Irvin at the podium after the yes. second one, and Michael stood up there, and, and even in the victory, he was like, "You know what? I, I I feel a little bad for these guys. Like I really I really like do kind of my heart kind of goes out to this has got to be like gut wrenching to lose. Did you guys have any of that at all at the time? Were you like, uh, man, I feel no. kind of bad for those. No, guys. we wouldn't no. raise to care about anybody's <laughs> feelings. But but I, I, I'll, I'll go back to this, Bobby. They were ultra talented. Mm-hmm. They. They could match us uh, player for player. You name their, Andre Reed, Michael Irvin. They had, a, they had a nice tight end, and I can't think of his name. But you think of their running back. They was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, and BB. Yeah, it was complimentary to what Emmett was. They quarterback Kelly just like, just like Troy. I mean, they were, and their defense, I mean, Bruce. Uh, yep. Charles Haley, come on, man! I'll tell you, you know, what. I'll tell you what. You just said they had a left guard. That, we, that was pretty <laughs> good. They didn't say anything about yeah. that. But so. no, 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 no. Let, let me say this right here: their offensive line was nice, but that was the determining point right there. there. I'll, I'll, <laughs> tell you, I'll tell you when it hit me. Uh, when I got through retiring, I had a chance to go to work for ESPN, mm-hmm. and I covered the Super Bowl uh, down in Houston. It was right. the Patriots, and I got assigned to the losing team's locker room. <laughs> and at that moment, it hit me because I realized I never had to feel like that. Like, I'd never been in a losing team locker room. So, guys were upset. They were crying. They were mad. I mean, like, and at that the moment. Panthers? Or the, it was the Panthers. Yeah, Carolina, yeah. That's correct. Uh-huh. And I said, wow, you know how special a moment because you don't realize that you've never been on that end of it. You don't know what it feels yeah. like to go in that locker room, defeat it, that feeling. So, that's when it really hit me to realize what we did was so special. Yeah. yeah. Let, me, let me say something, man. My dad, Jimmy had us so wired to the first true argument I ever had with my dad where I didn't give in. <laughs> my dad said, that's enough. You know, you kind of, <laughs> you know, was about over the Super Bowl rings. I think San Diego had lost, well, the Chargers had lost to someone. Yeah. 49ers, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep. 49ers. And my dad was like, son, it's just an honor to be in the Super Bowl. I said, uh-uh, dad, that's losing. <laughs> yeah. I say, we won't even remember them cats. Yeah, you won't even remember I say, that's losing. But, son, I, I said, tell you what, Dad, we missed this year, but we'll be back next year. <laughs> if we lose, you got a ring, bro, because I ain't trying. Just tell me your size, and I can get you that losing <laughs> ring. Yeah. Here, here we go. Here we go. And, you know, yeah, we're, we're getting closer and closer to a road yeah. you and I have gone through several times. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not only did you get back there, that was a, a, a very uh, poetic finish to the year for, for LB. I know just, you know, that season, that was the, the opening night. That was uh, in 95. That's when Kevin Smith uh, tore his Achilles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dion, at first discussed as a luxury, became sort of if you guys felt like necessity. Like, okay, well, we got to yeah, get a second cornerback yeah. in here now. Uh, but that was a, a, a just a big year for you, I, I know. And coming up with those two big interceptions in, in that Super Bowl, 
uh, just a, a little reflective, as, as we like to do sometimes on the show with, with our Cowboys legends. How, how nice. j- just reflect back on that game, and, and I know a game that a lot of people felt like, hey, that was hanging in the balance until you made that second interception. I've always said this, you know, Dion was a big addition for us, and we needed him, but people forget he wasn't there the first eight games. Mm-hmm. Right. So he didn't join us to the second half of the season, so we had some great guys getting things done before he joined us. So it was a blessing to be able to add a guy like that who I think is the best ever to a team that's pretty darn good who still had to handle their business those first eight games before he even showed up. Yeah. You know, so, you know like, sorry to cut mm-hmm. in on this, but, you know, people always say, well, you know, Larry had two interceptions and O'Donnell, who was he throwing to? He had nine interceptions for the season. Okay. The six in the regular season and three in the playoffs. Yeah, two for pick sixes. Two for pick sixes. And, mm-hmm. and one of them, both times against the Eagles, I think, because one of them, was a Dion's very first home game, and you did Dion's dance. So I'm gonna tell you what happened on that <laughs> okay, game. Okay, okay. So yes, Dion sir. says uh, Dion had one interception a year, had nine. His one got more played than than my nine did. So he tells me, "Throw me the ball." I said, "I'm not throwing you the ball. Are you crazy?" <laughs> he wants me to pick it and then pitch it to him. So uh, one thing that I learned about Dion, he has an incredible way of focusing, and I learned so much from him on just being zeroed in every play. You know, people don't know this. Dion used to have a little simulator, open up his little flip thing, simulating how he's covering guys. He used to lay his uniform out before the game. I mean, his intensity yes, sir. to detail, I mean, I learned so much. And yes, there's sir. no day way I have nine interceptions without having a guy like that on the other side. Not just being a great player, but what he did for me and helped me focus in and zeroing in on being that type of player. Hands down, I give prime credit for all those picks. That's no awesome. doubt. That's awesome. I, I'm curious, too, because I know that's something that – you know, I've asked Darren Woodson this before. I've talked with other guys about this, and it's applicable to both of you guys and the positions that you played. You know, in the secondary there in Dallas, you had really talented guys across the board. And, you know, you had, you know, veterans like Ray Horton, and then you had up and covers like Darren Woodson, who was, you know, potentially supplanting somebody James like James Washington. Washington. Yep. It's a crowded room. Thomas you guys there, Yeah, absolutely. You guys there had depth along your offensive line. You had a guy like Ron Stone who, who couldn't – crack you know the rotation yeah and and Ron Stone goes on to be a pro bowler elsewhere and so how did you guys weigh just before we go to break here I'm curious from both of you how did you guys get the value of the competitiveness and leveling up your group without it turning bitter and 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 you know toxic in essence how how long we got for this break we we, we can take it a couple minutes here go ahead on Larry because Larry well I'll tell you a Nate Newton story Nate may not even remember this story we're doing inside run and back then, they had tight ends. Everything's spread now, so they bring corners down there. And them boys are getting after it up front. And so Nate's got both knees wrapped up. He's getting up slow. He's walking back to the huddle. So he's taking his time. So after about the fourth time, I said, well, Nate, why don't you just take a couple of plays off? He said, have you seen Larry Atlas? <laughs> it went back, it went back oh. to the huddle. <laughs> he knew. You ain't not you. Not your spot. Hey, what, what's the dude lost his job with, with Pip? Wally Pip. Yeah, Wally I ain't Pimp. Gonna, I'd have got Nate Pip. Nate says this. Jay Nova says Nate, uh, Nate, uh, Jay Nova check says this. We wasn't giving any backups your reps. No. No, that wasn't happening. No. Witten would have fit Jay, in with us perfect. Jason, Jason Witten. I, I, I said, this sounds like Jason Witten. Yeah. Darren Woodsy wanted to come in, Thomas Everett, and, and Jay White said, nope, nope we're not nope, getting my nope. reps. Larry Brown, nope. Because we had so many good guys that yeah. could play. That's Coach, I remember Coach trying to say, well, we're going to uh, let uh, Darren, because they didn't call it Woody back then, we're going to let Darren try to fit in on this uh, on, 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 on the slot receiver. They're like, no, nah, we, we got it. We, we good. got it. Get my we're reps. <laughs> it's just too many good guys. And we're all friends. I think the big yeah. thing for us is the friendships off the field, you know, you knew their families, you knew wives, you knew their kids. 
you just wasn't a bunch of guys you went to work with. These were just true relationships. I mean, it seems like there was times where on the practice field, you guys were getting better competition than you did in the game. Yes. Absolutely. Easily. Yeah. Very competitive. Easily, man. Let's go to a break because I'm gonna we're gonna talk about this some <laughs> more, man. Well that's a that's yeah. a perfect setup yeah. there. We're we're gonna talk about that some more yeah. and also dive into this game <laughs> against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and, and a little bit later we'll look forward ahead to this game against the Miami Dolphins. A big game coming up on Christmas Eve for your Dallas Cowboys. That's next on the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Back, back to back. Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. At SWBC, customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away. Visit SWBC.com to learn more and start your next adventure. We are live here from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco for the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Nick Eatman, Nate Newton, Larry Brown joining us here this evening. And, and man, we were about to get Nate on a roll at the end of that last <laughs> segment. He was like, all right, you got to take a break now because I need space to operate. Yeah. As soon as Nick just brought up the competition that you guys used to see in practice and how that was almost, you know, better competition than you'd see during the games. Yeah, he got a Buffalo story after this. But I went for you, Let me say this right here. And, and, and I'm serious, man. I love money. Not <laughs> to the point where I'll do anything I used to. Now nah, I won't. It don't matter. But I, the money was so small back then, and the competition was so great. To they brought in Larry Allen. The coaches did not have to tell us how great he was. Mm-hmm. This kid, even when he did not know the plays, we would watch him pass block. Because, you know, you, pass block, you don't have to have a special play. This kid could never be knocked off his feet. This kid could never be drove back. You couldn't bull rush him. You couldn't out. You couldn't run him around the corner. You couldn't power him. Turn it to speed. You couldn't do nothing to this kid. And we looked at it. Everybody looked at it. Everybody. I'm like, hey, uh, he a god or a tackle? I'm praying he a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> and Larry right. But uh, Larry like, man, big new man, you kind of beat up, and I'll stay beat up. Mm-hmm. And on our defense, we had Leon Lett, we had Charles Haley, we had Tony Tove, we had Tony Casillas, we had uh, Chad Hennon. Uh, Russell Maryland and Jimmy Jim Jones. Jeff Jim, Jim Jeffcoat. Jeff yeah. Now, we, Jimmy Johnson started what you call the, what, the modern day rotation. We had guys that were purposeful in stopping the run. We had guys that can brush the passer. <laughs> and these guys knew who they were. Everybody knew their role, and they cherished it, man. And so the competition was so great to, I would say, I have Stubblefield, Brian Young mm-hmm. against the 49ers. I said, hey, you know, and I had to tell Charles. Charles already knew their defense. So I already knew that I was going to get the best look. Even though it was going to still be a battle in the game, it was just something that continued on during the week. Right. It wasn't like a big shock or a big surprise. Absolutely. And, LB, I know you got the uh, your, your Buffalo story Well, here. my Buffalo story, playing them in the Super Bowl down in Atlanta. And uh, Kevin Smith comes to me, he says, uh, Dave Campbell dropped the script. The script is with the, the, the Buffalo's offensive plays. Right. So, uh, Kevin, Dave Campbell don't know that Kevin Smith has the script of every play. Right. Uh, what they're going to do. He's like, anybody see my script? Anybody see my script? Me and Pup, we had about nine interceptions eat that practice. They think <laughs> they're so excited. They're fired up. They're ready. They're ready to go. They're going to play good. They don't realize we had all the plays. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that Buffalo's going to run. They scripted yeah. for us. Oh, I'm, yeah. a little, I'm a little disappointed because they were going to show the – they were showing the first couple of plays of the Cowboys Bills game, and then and then they switched it. I guess they don't want to play that up here. I, I, I was I was gonna say. Speaking of having the script, it looked like yeah. uh, Buffalo had the script uh, th- this past weekend. This was uh, a, a a really tough performance. And uh, Nick, I know that you uh, you were there for this game. Uh, before we kick it around and just kind of discuss the, the trouble, especially you mentioned there, Nate, the stop in the run and how important that is. Uh, what was sort of your Nick, when you come out of that game, do you look at it as, hey, there, there's some systemic problems here? Or do you just look at it as, bad day at the office, you got beat? You hope that. Yeah. You hope that's that's the thing. And, and you know, and we've seen before that there's, you know, everyone likes to say, well, that's the blueprint. That's what you got to do. Run the ball. Run off the edges. If the team is built that way, 
and, and to run it that way and be committed, to me, the run defense starts with the Cowboys' pass offense. It's the way they're built. They've got to get leads. They've got to get – because if not, then teams are going to run the ball on them. I think, I think it comes down to, you know, they have to score early, get that lead, try to get teams out off their game. Because if not, I don't know if the defensive tackles, the linebackers, the combination, it, it, it is a problem. But you can get away with it if they score points. Larry, how, how depleting is it to a defense when – You've got a team that is just running you over like that. It, not even – I think the longest run that day was the one at the very end from James Cook. 24, it was 24 yards. yards. Otherwise, it's just consistently 7, 8, 7, 10. They, they're just running it down your throat. How just depleting is that and demoralizing is that for a defense when a team is doing I think, that I think it's very – and I agree with Nick. I pray that it's not a problem. But the last thing that you ever want to see defensively is getting whipped up front. Mm-hmm. When you're just getting whipped up front and now you're trying to dial up blitzes and now you got a guy in the box and – it can affect everything that you want to do defensively. So you never want to see that. And uh, I thought that was what happened last week, that I think they got whipped up front. They were more physical. And I don't know if it's because you're tired, you're coming off a big Philly win. I'm not sure. I hope that it's not an issue. But I just thought we got whipped up front. Is that the greatest feeling in the world for an offensive lineman to know that and say, we're whipping them, right? We're demoralizing them? That, that was 80% of our games when we were, went on the winning streak. That was 80% of our games. In the first half, but you know we were, we were ultra talented with our skill position. So in the first half, even if the game was close, we we had that look in our eyes like, "Bruh, this thing will come down to about four minutes left in the game. Y'all better not, y'all better have a bigger lead than three points because it ain't gonna work." Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, it that's that's a great feeling. And then, but our defense, you know, I, I don't want to get into what it what it takes for these Cowboys to win. Please, you know, can you? Can I get two? Can I get two minutes? <laughs> yeah, Bobby? no, you, you got plenty of time. Let, let, let me say all, this: we all want to hear. <laughs> Everybody, listen up. We need this. This, this was my football team, the Cowboys that I played with. I, I, I do not know that locker room. I want to say that first. Sure. I do not know who the leaders are. I'm not trying to knock nobody. I don't want no hard feelings. But if it is, so be it. They do not have enough. I don't give a damn, guys. Eric William, Michael Irvin, Charles Haley, Tony Tobert. Uh, uh, Nathaniel uh, Newton. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Troy Aikman, James Washington, Darren Woodson. They, me and Larry was free agents almost in fourth or third round picks. We was like always nervous as hell. You know, like, you know. We Nate, playing with Nate they, would be in the deepest of back huddle, Thomas. Yeah. Shut him down. Let's go. Yeah. He's alive. But, but you guys are meeting over there. Get over there. Get out of our huddle here. But that's the pride you took. The, yeah. We, we and I and I tell the story all the time. I remember going to New York, and uh, what's the great uh, defensive lineman that's on all the TV? Michael Strahan, a, a Hall of Famer. He looked at Big E and told Big E, "Hey man, it's over today." He had one of his little sidekicks with him. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's over today, dog. And Big E turned around. You, you're talking to me. He, they came over. <laughs> you, you're talking to me? And he, and he said, yeah. And he said, uh, and, and Big E hit Larry Allen. He said, Larry, you hit this? Yeah, I ain't going to say what he said. But anyway, <laughs> Larry, and, and see, Larry had a thing where he'll put his thumb in his ear, and he'll just start laughing. You know, and then he'll do that old Crip stuff and all that blood stuff. And I said, oh, my God. And uh Big E told him to say, man, when the game over with, you're going to know my name. And he said some vicious things. When the game was over, Big E looked at Strahan. Strahan just shook his head. 
<laughs> we went up in their stadium and took their heart, bro. You got to have a I don't give a damn attitude. It don't matter. See, people keep asking, why? what's the difference between home and, and on the road? The difference is the attitude. I'm coming to take your, I'm coming to take your house. And when you get that attitude, and, and you can't tell me how great an athlete is, because all great athletes don't have this attitude. So, and I, I don't, and, and I, like I said, I'm not trying to put my, you know, spin on what this team like or don't have. But I got to, I got to. They got to do that, man. I got to challenge you on this, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because when it comes to being disciplined and having the right plays and not getting penalized. It does feel like sometimes they'd have a I don't give a damn attitude. But it's against your team, like, not against so, the other team. Okay, so, so where's your focus? So when you say I don't give a damn, don't give a damn about what? Don't give it like about about when Strahan challenged him. Okay, Big E didn't get a penalty. Okay, well, all right. He probably did. <laughs> no, no, he, he didn't. They changed the rules, but he couldn't gouge. <laughs> oh, you can't eye gouge? Okay, cool. But, like, like but UFC's got that. What I'm saying is, this, this is what I'm saying. Did we have refs in practice sometimes? We had Every, refs, all the yeah. time. We had they, they and when something was very obvious, we Jimmy made us pay attention to it. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's I, I we do a lot of great podcasts, and I challenged every podcast, not yours this week, but every guy that I talk to, I say, when are y'all gonna challenge the, the players? Every game where we play somebody with equal or better talent. Why do certain people get personal penalties? Why do certain people make bad plays? You know what? I was one of those guys. And, and, and Troy, and I'm telling you, when we would go on a hard count, Troy would say, such and such, such and such play, protection this. We're going on a hard count. And he would grab me, Nate. <laughs> We're going on a hard okay. count. <laughs> and so I would purposely be late off the ball because I used to be so nervous playing against all these Hall of Famers that I was going to be likely that guy to jump. Mm -hmm. You got to care. No. Sam Williams, Coach Fossil, even though he got chewed out, he believed in Sam Williams. Ain't nobody ever been taught to vertically jump at a punt. Everybody's taught to lay out. Even a fat guy like me know this. So I'm t you have to care first. And then you have to say, you know what? This dude can't beat me. Right. Speaking to that level of care and uh, a, a guy who uh, played, plays guard just like you did, Nate, uh, is the kind of thing you see when Zach Martin steps up and, and comes to Dak's defense, is that one of those things where you say, that's a penalty I'll live with? You're, you're defending your quarterback. You're, you're going to bat for your quarterback. The, 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 you know, nobody, everybody knew not to do that to Troy. And I'm going to tell you what started it, them 11 sacks mm -hmm. against Philly. Philly. Yeah. We made up in our mind that day, even though they did it legally and whooped our behind up front, it's like, nah, this can't happen again. This, this cannot happen to our quarterback. Troy did not say a word to us. He took a beat. He took that beat and did not say a word. As a matter of fact, that, that moment I realized I never want to play quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, like, and so I was so, I was so happy that uh, – Brother Martin did that, the butchers they called him. I, I was so happy. But you got to have at least nine of those guys on your team, three or four on offense and four or five on defense. Because your defense is what – defense, I don't care what nobody say, defense is what wins, still win the championship. It's called situational football. Can you get off the field or can you get a play to get the ball back to the and offense? And I'm going to partially agree and add to that. 
good teams, good teams, you have to be able to run the ball right. when you need to. That's right. right. They know it. You know it. And that's what Buffalo did. Because when you're sitting up here asking Dak to be great the whole game in all fairness to him, when we got to be able to run it, Big Newt, yeah. Big E, let's go. We, we, we need you guys. We need better control this clock. We need a, a seven, eight-minute drive. That's where you got to be able to take over up front. And in all fairness, I love Mike McCarthy, but when you're throwing the ball on the one on first and goal back-to-back weeks, it doesn't put a lot of confidence yeah. that you can run it in there. So I'm a little old school, and, again, I know they do things a little different. We're on the one-yard line. Get those little dudes out there. We're going heavy. And, and let's go. Punch them in the mouth. And let's get in when they be throwing the ball. Because Lipke, hey, I love what he, he's showing now that he can be a fullback. Yeah. I, 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 it's no way in the world I wouldn't be working him into about four or five or six plays now because he went in there and dug a guy out one he time. Sure I'm did. like, bro, you sure? Like Broadus say, y'all guy, Broadus, used to work with us. What happened, bro? He came back. Broadus got a – Brian's like a cat. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He's up to eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I got on Brian. Yeah. But, bro, if we see you do it once, you can do it twice. I, I, Lemke, I'm telling you, now that I see that, he would be on 30% of my run plays, especially if you're going to run Tony up the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take out that big – don't, don't let don't, – uh, rely on just your old line to take out the Mike linebackers. Yeah, man. Yeah. When we come back, the Cowboys are in the thick of a division race. The importance of this home road split, like we've talked about, the importance of, of getting home field advantage and what that could mean for the Cowboys. That's next on the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To back, Dallas back, Cowboys back. Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Want to use what the pros use? Jack Black is the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit getjackblack.com today. Welcome back to the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. We are live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. We've got Nick Eatman from DallasCowboys.com, the six-time Pro Bowler Nate yeah, Newton. Yeah, 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 and yeah. The, and the Super Bowl 30 MVP Larry Brown joining us tonight for Cowboys Crosstalk. I want you to tell a quick story how they cheated you out of extra money for being the MVP. <laughs> tell that story. Uh, the Dion story? Yeah, the Dion story. You, you know story. the Dion story, right? Uh, you know I, the I Dion got, story. I, I don't know the Dion story. Now so, I got to hear it. I find myself uh, the day before the game in the room with Dion, Emmett, Troy, and Mike. And they're all discussing the MVP stuff. I'm in there. So Dion's upset because Disney has not raised the money in 20 years. So Dion <laughs> tells them, hey, if anybody in the room win MVP, and, and, and the only way you're going to do Disney if they're going to raise the money. Like, Troy, you agree? Oh, okay, Troy. Emmett, you agree? Mike, you agree? I'm over here. Larry. Well, what do you guys want me for? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and this and this and this and this and that. I'm not supposed to be in that conversation. So I just, ironically, I'm in the room. Well, I went to MVP, and the Disney people said, I asked them, are you going to raise the money? And just like you guys are looking at me, Troy, Emmett, Mike, <laughs> are looking at me. So I succumbed to peer pressure. They said, uh, you said you're going to raise the money? They said, no. I said, I, said, I, I just can't do it there. So they're all going to high-five me. I shouldn't have listened to it. It was the worst decision of my life. <laughs> do, do not be peer pressured by some superstars <laughs> or a regular player nice. over here. But I blame Dion for that. Yeah. Because he got it started. He but wants yeah. you to pitch him the ball. He wants you to pitch him the ball. If Disney's not, I'm like, Prime, I am not Prime time, okay? That's funny. But, well, uh, yeah, so that's my Disney so, story. So you happened into a conversation and ultimately missed out on your I'm going yeah, to Disney World. I'm going World. to Disney World because of Dion uh-huh. Sanders and the rest of those guys over there putting pressure on me about money. You know, it's not a big deal, but yeah, uh, but I end up not doing it. Man, that's a bummer right there. Now, blame uh, Prime. <laughs> that, 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 that's the way to do it. Now, uh, looking at this Cowboys team, like we talked about going to break here, uh, they are now three and four on the road. They have a negative point differential on the road. They've got a, a 171 point point differential at home. They would be the uh, if you go back all the way to, to 1933. That, that's considered the beginning of the modern era because that's when, you know, all right, we got hash marks on the field and everything now. Uh, there has never been a team that's had a 170 or better point differential at home and a negative one on the road. So the Cowboys would be in unique territory here. When and we talk about this idea of the, the – go ahead, Nick. I was saying you also had a 40 to nothing on the road. That's, uh, yeah. That's how bad <laughs> it is. That's you even got 40 worse. to nothing yeah. to start the season. So when you look at, at, at this team and, and some things and, – and, Nate, I know you brought it up a little bit. You touched on it a little bit. But I, I'm curious from both you guys. Larry, what were the challenges for you as a player playing at home versus the road? Like, like what did you find was particularly challenging about the road versus Texas Stadium? 
I'm going to say it's how you're trained. We didn't care. At the end of the day, I'm just being honest. You know, if you're going to be what you think you can be, you have to be able to win on the road. So for us, you know, I think personally we found a little enjoyment going on the road, kicking butt and quieting fans and the stadium's loud and now it's quiet as a mouse. I think it's that with Nate's that I don't care, you know, that pride. If, if you really believe that you are what you think you are. And I would say for us, you know, we, we understood that that was going to be our path, you know, uh, from most of the time. Either you're going to be at home or you're going to have to go on the road to be AFC the 49er team game, or 49ers. someone there. It didn't matter. So You remember that? AFC yeah. Championship game, yeah, 49ers? You, you can't get into I want to be at home. And if I'm not at home, what is it going to be? Then that, that means that you're not what you think you can be. And for us, we thought we had legitimate <laughs> Super Bowl aspirations. We thought we were good enough to get there. Nate, was the most difficult thing about the road, and I know there's something that's come up a little bit with the Cowboys, was the most difficult thing that, about being on the road was just the cadence and, and some of the things that you had to deal with on the, the offensive line? The most difficult thing being on the road, we had to wear suits. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you yeah, quiet the stadium yeah. down, you can hear the cadence. Yeah, you can when you get the out there and kick butt, and, and now you're, that, that stadium's not loud like that no more. The only reason Philly wasn't quiet because their fans ain't their fans is <laughs> Their fans ain't smart. Yeah, yeah. That's only that. I mean, yeah. now, so, so what aspects of it, though, for this current team, is there something to the discussion that's been brought up before of, well, this is a, a team, a Cowboys team, that they're going to play faster. Speed is such a big part of their game. They're going to play faster on, on their turf surface at home. They get to these grass surfaces on the road. They have trouble. Is that just excuse-making at the end of the day, you think? I, I think it's excuse-making because I would, I, would, I would argue anyone, Jimmy Johnson lived on speed. Show me a faster team. Defensively, Defensively with guys that can run all over the place. You have to be able to play football. You have to be able to execute. You got to be able to eliminate penalties, what Nick talked about. You have to be zoned in. You have to, if you're a championship team, you know, because you can't control how that's going to go. You may have to go on the road. Yes, quick story. I remember we was getting ready to go up there to play San Francisco in the NFC, our first NFC championship game. Uh, It was raining up there. The field was terrible. And all – during the early part of the week, Jimmy like, yeah, yeah, we on Monday, yeah, we gonna wet the field, we gonna do all right there. Come Wednesday, Jimmy like, I ain't wet my field, I ain't messing up my practices, so they can get in my team's head. No, we we are who we are. We going up there to get them. It, it brought, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. How how does the 49ers beat the best teams in the league the same way? Just run them over. It's a mindset, bro. So this week they're practicing again, wet balls and stuff like that. Do you do you think that's smart to practice that, or should you say no? Don't even mess up my. Troy practice? was the worst wet ball thrower. But we didn't. Did y'all? Do you remember? I don't yeah. remember Troy putting. Why would you want to just? Bro, you 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 adapt and you do what you do. Maybe I think it's, I, I think it's psychology. <laughs> if I start getting you thinking about wet balls, what are you going to be thinking about? Wet balls. So yeah. I think. It depends on how you choose to psychologically get your guys ready. I was, I was going to say, Nick, do you think some of this, just like being in the locker room talking about I remember uh, right after Buffalo, somebody had asked Dak about the home road split, and he, like, tapped his finger on the, the podium and paused for a good five or six seconds. And he's like, I hope to have a better answer for you on Thursday. And, and do you think there is a point right now with this team that some of it is just a psychological aspect of, like, it's in our head that we don't play as well on the road, so, like, it's almost kind of self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy? I, I just asked this question here, brother. Every game, whether the refs made this call and the refs made this call and the refs made this call. And my simple question is, who leads the league in penalties? Cowboys are right near the top. Okay. <laughs> so don't, don't do that. It's, it's how you think. If, if I'm a holder 
which I, early in my career, I was like the left guard we got now. Some of the holdings that he have, he done dominated the guy. Let the guy go. You know who has had that problem? He don't have it anymore? Conor McGovern, that plays for the team that just ran over us. He had that problem. But let the guy go. Think. And I know they play 17 games now. Yes. So I'm not sure if you got eight away, eight, nine yeah. away, whatever. But you're going to have eight away every year. Mm-hmm. So if you get caught up in we're not good on the road. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I mean, come, come on. on. What, what are you expecting to be? <laughs> that means you're fighting for it to be a wild card at best every year if you if you accept that we're no good on the road. You have eight, is it eight or nine away games. And nine this year. this year. It's nine away games. So there's no way you can embrace we're just not good on the yeah. road. Yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, this is setting up now at this point, or, or it feels like that this team is setting up to be the, as of now, the, the probabilities would say they're likely to be the fifth seed, the number one wild card. The division is still open for you because Philadelphia has been on such a bad run. Mm-hmm. They've lost three in a row. The three victories before that, you know, against Dallas, right. Kansas City, Buffalo, it felt like games that, that they kind of were right. fortunate to get out of right. uh, a little bit. Do you think it helps at all the, the feeling of, like, you know, psychologically, we can hang with anybody in the NFC. It's just a matter of just getting that victory. Like, for instance, as we'll talk about Miami here in a sec, how big a game like Miami would be to just knock out the psychology of feeling like you can't win on the road. I agree. I, I think December is very important. You know, you don't want to end your month of December not really being confident in what you are and what you can do. You want to get on that roll and roll right into that playoffs with it if you can. So uh, I think Miami's a very important game for us. Because now you start to question yourself a little yeah. bit. You know, these are good teams. You know, so, yeah, I agree uh, with you. 139 yards a game, they fourth. Almost 5.2 a carry. You, they have a team, and I'm talking about Miami. You can, like I told folks today, I was doing a podcast. Their defense is a better version of our defense. They want to play with their, with their the other team behind. They only give up 90 yards rushing. And, that, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because every team is playing from behind. Yeah. So they are a better version of us. Okay, you take Parson out, and, 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 and that's the only player that we think that's better than all of their players. But other than that, they are a better version of us. And then Jalen Ramsey back for the last four games. He got three picks already. These people ain't playing, man. These people are trying to get there. So what we have to do when we go down there is, hey, man, Get with the players who have been giving you, Sam, no more. And if you got to tell him before every snap, and I've been done that way. I mean, you got to be, you, you, I was humble. Hey, Nate, no. Hey, hey, guy, no. This is the plays. If you got to walk him through it, walk him through it. Curse, no more. You've cost us 21 points over three games with, your, with that foolishness. You've cost us no more. And I think a great format for me, if you can go down there and have 200 yards rushing as a team, yes. keep that explosive offense limited out there with the cheetah. Thank you. I think he'll be back and Waddle and those guys there. I think, you know, you can make a statement up front that, yeah, let's go play. Nick, just before we go to break here, um, have we oversold maybe even the psychological aspect of it, though? Because, I mean, they did go on the road last year. They snapped a, a decades-long losing streak on the road in the playoffs. They did win by 40 earlier this year. 
they, think, li- they likely weren't thinking about, man, we have some struggles on the road rolling five, six victories in a uh, row. I, I think if they, they go and beat uh, the Dolphins, then maybe you know beat Detroit, go to Washington. If that game will matter, it probably will. You, you win that when you win the first round. I think you can get over that hurdle. But there, there's still those big bad boys in San Francisco that have, that have beat you box, three in a row. The I mean, two in the, they've ended your season twice. They beat you really bad this year. So I don't know what I, – I think I, I agree with Larry that – this aspect of the road is, is important. You need the confidence to get there. But it doesn't matter if they're rolling. They know we're all going to see what's happened the last time. That, you know, that's just a different beast that they're going to have but, to conquer. But, but, you yeah. know, if you win against Miami, this is the fastest show on turf since, since the Rams. Yeah. So you beat Miami. And uh, then you got the Commanders. Am I, uh, you, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Detroit next. Detroit. And you, you – one thing about this is what people don't understand. Did we care whether it was one point or a hundred? Win the game. That that's that's the attitude. We we gonna win this game. Remember we went up to Milwaukee and played Green Bay on yeah. Jimmy said, you know what? All the announcers got mad at him because Jimmy said, You know what, fellas? I told them guys this they're not better than us. We're gonna be, we're gonna win the game whether we win it by one or whether we win it by twenty. I want my guys to play clean, smart, and fast. We'll win the game. We got out about a skin out teeth. Jimmy got, just got on the plane. And, and, and I'll tell you this, too, to just add to that game, going back to running the ball. Yeah. Uh, it was minus five at kickoff. I mean, it's five degrees at kickoff. Right. About minus five after halftime. <laughs> right. It's the only time I heard Michael Irvin say, do not throw me the ball. <laughs> yeah. Hand the ball off to him and keep this clock moving. Yeah. So, so even back then, you need to be able to run the football. Right. So it, it does come down to what Nate just said there, which is just win the That's game. It, so the we'll game. talk about how to just win this game against the Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. That's next when we come back on the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk.
Three, two, one, live. Back, back to back. Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. At SWBC, customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away. Visit SWBC.com to learn more and start your next adventure. We are here at the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Bobby Belt, Nick Eatman, Nate Newton, and Larry Brown join us here on the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. It is the Cowboys and the Dolphins coming up this weekend. And in a lot of ways, it's it, it's interesting. The narrative about them, the, these two teams right now, is very similar. They're, they're different teams in terms of the way they like to attack, the way that they play. But the narrative has become really similar for both of them, that it's like, hey, you've got to answer, can you beat a true contender? And so they're, they're, they're kind of looking at each other similarly heading into this game as an opportunity for, okay, well, something's got to give. One of us is going to get this here. But, I, I mean, you talked about it just a second ago, Nate an incredibly fast team and it's an incredibly fast defense that Dallas plays with right now uh, as we head into this game here Larry what would you say you're, you're looking for from this Cowboys team because I gotta imagine Mike McDaniel turns on the tape of that Buffalo game and goes we should probably run this ball 50 times today I think obviously it starts from where you left off you got beat up up front on the defensive side of the ball so you got to go in stopping the run uh, a chain Mozart these guys are legitimate world-class sprinters they get in that open field Cook's good, but these guys are gone. Yeah. So you got to shut that run down. Obviously, you got to contain the Cheetah. I think Waddle's a very good player, but Cheetah's impact to that team is like they feed off of him. So uh, defensively, contain Cheetah, contain Waddle, stop the run, and eliminate some. I mean, Miami lives in, off big plays. They live and die off big plays offensively. Stop them there and stop the run. When you had, like, sprinter speed across from you as a corner, when, when you were standing up there on the line of scrimmage, I, I mean, would you feel that before the snap? Would you feel that that anticipation and that, like, just that threat even standing across it? Was that intimidating? Is somebody like Tyree Kill just that speed naturally intimidating standing across from it? Not at all. I think uh, I'll go back to the old adage. Most guys fast like that don't like getting hit. They don't like people putting hands on them. So you bump them off the line, you hit them when they hit them. I mean, you put some wood on them. And now they'll start slowing down just a little bit. And so I am a believer in that. Uh, you know, you may even get a penalty here or there, but you, you got to let them know that you're not a bunch of free releases and just sitting down in holes, catching balls and going. But Larry wasn't slow. Larry, Larry was, so, know, yeah, you, yeah, you wouldn't he, have been yeah. as intimidated as somebody yeah. else might have been. Well, <laughs> let me say this. We, everybody played. We played against Ron Brown, Olympic team. James right. Jett, four-by-one right. Olympic team. Yeah. Right. I mean, that means you're one of the four fastest Americans yeah. Period. So we all played against fast guys. It's Rocket Ismail. I mean, can flat out fly. So you got to beat those guys up off the line. You have to make them work for it. You got to hit them when they catch the ball. You got to punish them and give them something to think about. Then you'll, they'll slow down. You know, before we keep going about the Dolphins, I did want to ask you this question because you just said earlier two pick sixes in a season and all that. Can you just speak to the fact of five in one year from Duran Bland? <laughs> like most people didn't know who he was nationally, and now he's leading the vote-getter in, 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 uh, for the cornerbacks. You know what? I love to see stories like Deron Bland. I'll tell you why. Most people think you have to be a first-round pick to be a good player. Well, Richard Sherman wasn't a first-round pick, had a great career. Deron Bland, so it gets back to scouting and development. So to see a young guy like that, to be able to come in and make plays, you have to have that. You got your stars. Nate, Troy, the, the, you got your stars. Star. Yeah, he absolutely was. In that order. And, and I mean that. <laughs> you got your stars, but I you have to have first. other guys <laughs> – you have to have those other guys who can also prove that I can play as well. Yeah. And so I think what he's done is amazing. He's still young. He's got to correct a few things, you know, but 
he's like Dig. He takes chances. So every now and again, you may give up a play. But as you start to mature and play, he'll get better. I, I think him and Diggs, when Diggs get back healthy, I mean, you got to be excited about their, their future cornerback. Nate, when, when you talk about, you know, this game here, and I know you talked about, like, the, the – or Dan Quinn had talked about this too this week, that the idea of the tackling wasn't good enough uh, in, in the run game this past week. But one of the other things is he talked about, like, uh, there's, there's a little bit of over-eagerness, a little bit of aggressiveness that, that can burn you at times. Is that something they especially need to guard against this week against such a fast cutback team like Miami is just like, hey, let's play a little bit more under control, a little bit more discipline, not just hair on fire running after the ball? This is what bothers me. You've been in too many games like that mm-hmm. where we, we, we listen to Coach Quinn. Well, the eye candy, they got us again. When does that stop? That stops when the players say we've had enough. If a guard pulls to his, to his right, you either shoot that gap and make the play right then or you belly over. The other guy squeezes. You gotta, if, I, if that guy blocks down, as a tackle, I step down because I know something is coming. You don't just shoot up the field. You know this guy's blocking down for a reason. You step right off his butt and look down first. Then look out for the quick pitch. You don't – it's – the football hasn't changed. Oh, oh man, they're running all of this, and they run, oh the eye candy. No, it's selfishness. I want to get a sack. Yeah, yeah. It's selfishness, and they got to start with the selfishness. When they grow up and mature, they'll be a better team. You know, it's it's funny that we hear a lot. Uh, you know, and it, I think it sometimes frustrates fans. They'll hear the the line after the game of like, "Well, execution's just got to be better," but but it does feel like there's a little bit more of a sense of you know. You, you do have a, a, a sense a lot of times exactly what's coming. Maybe not the exact play design and everything else, but, but you got an idea, okay, this may be a run this way. Christian McCaffrey went viral this week for watching the game with the Mannings, the Eagles-Seahawks game, and he was just – he saw the formation. He went, all right, this is a draw. This is a Hurts draw. Tight end's going to come pull over. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what it was. Sure. How often when you guys were, play, you were playing did you feel like they you either knew what was coming and it was just a matter of executing and stopping or – Defenses knew what was coming, but you guys were like, we don't care because you have to show you can stop what we're doing. Our defense was smart. I, I agree. And look, a regular fan can see a trick play. A double reverse pass <laughs> is a trick play. Okay. Lead left, lead right is not a trick play. <laughs> a go route is not a trick play. Yeah. Okay. So we all know what they're going to do. When they audible, they look at you, and I see Elway look out there at me, and he audibles, and, and a guy motions away, and I'm backside by myself. They're coming at me. Right. You, you understand those things. <laughs> So, you just got to get – you got to – the key word is do your job. When you bunched do over your here on the short side of the field, you bunched over here, and you all the way out there with D.K. Metcalf by yourself. They're isolating with, with Jay Lou. You, you think he's going to the bunch? I mean, they're <laughs> isolating they're isolate you, and you know what it is. No. And yeah. you can pretty much narrow it down to two routes with D.K. It's either going to be a slant or a go route. I mean, so you have to think about those things as a player. And I think with Nate – meant by uh, just adding what he said, not, yeah. don't give a damn, yeah. is taking pride. I can say in our time, you did not want to be the guy on the field messing up. That's right. Not only did you have to answer to Charles Haley in the front and your <laughs> linebacker court yeah. and uh, them, you had Nate and Michael Irvin. Mike, Mike used to be in our huddle on defense. <laughs> I mean, like he was actually in the game. So it's just that sense of pride that, hey, you know what, I'm going to do my job. Am I supposed to shoot that gap? Shoot the gap. Don't worry about your sack. And sometimes, I'll give you a guy I thought was very unselfish, Tony Tolbert. Yes. He did his job all the time, and that allowed a lot of plays for Charles Haley. So, you know, don't be selfish. If Tony was supposed to rush outside 
and him and Russell were supposed to rush out. They, I heard Russell, Russell went to the, uh, the Raiders. Hey, we got to get out of here. Uh, we do. We got to get out See, I got y'all going. Yeah, Nate yeah. will continue that story next here, week. I know. We, we, we got to go too much. Thank you so much to Larry Brown, Nate <laughs> Newton, you, Nick Eman. Happy birthday, oh, Nate Newton. over already. Happy it's, birthday, it's, it's Nate. It's gone in a flash just as fast as uh, the Dolphins and the Cowboys will be this weekend uh, here on Christmas Eve in Miami. Big game coming up for the Cowboys, uh, one they're going to need desperately. Uh, we'll have a cover for you on DallasCowboys.com. That does it for us here today. Talk to you next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!